Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What happened to LeBron James? Did the Cavaliers give the Celtics some hope? What does this mean for the Celtics offseason? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. It's late night on the East Coast. Uh, I just got back from the game uh, and I got Dave Dufour with me, Coach Dave, as always on a Monday morning. Uh, so Dave, we had a pretty crazy game we got to talk about. Um. Yeah, you're going to have to lead me through some of it because uh, I stopped watching. I expected this to just be another blowout. Um, I left my house when the Cavs were up like 10 or 12 and uh, checked my phone. I don't know, at some point between the second and third quarter, and it was like a 20-point game. And then all of a sudden, I had to jog home because, <laughs> because the Celtics were coming back. So uh, how, did, how was that live in person? Oh, it was crazy, especially because I was in the queue. And here's the thing about the lead. They got like a 21-point lead in the third quarter, like, you know, midway through. And, you know, the Celtics were listless. They couldn't get a rebound. Tristan Thompson was uh, just destroying them. And they were taking fouls. And so one of the things that was a big frustration on Twitter, I noticed during the game, was the foul free throw disparity. But it really wasn't a disparity because they were just taking the fouls. And Thompson went like 15 for 17 from the line or something crazy like that. 12 of 15. 12 of 15. Wait, is that all it was? I thought it was more. So... But, but the point being that he took like half of their th- free throws almost. So yeah. th- it wasn't much of a disparity there. They were really listless. Um, you know, like they had some just boneheaded, scared plays throughout the first half. I mean, um, you know, Jalen Brown looked like he was scared. Rozier had a, just a terrible, uh, you know, open court, mishandled the layup into a missed shot. And, you know, that, that's the problem is, you know, they, they're unable to capitalize in the, in the, uh, in the, in the transition. As we said, that's what they could do, and if they can't get out and run, then the Cavaliers were able to control it. So that was going on in the first half of the, or into the third quarter. Yeah, you know, uh, someone someone keeps bringing up, or almost every day, someone keeps bringing up to me, well, you know, the Cavs, they look so good. And no, none of these teams have capitalized on their poor transition defense. And and from what you're saying, the Celtics still didn't tonight. So what like what was the trick like for for me you know i saw like the last 15 minutes of the game and noticeably absent from the last 15 minutes of the game was lebron lebron didn't score for the last 17 minutes of this game he wound up with 11 points overall uh this is his sixth playoff game where he scored 15 points or fewer you know how many michael jordan had zero zero now this isn't <laughs> i'm not i'm not pulling a uh michael jordan homer thing here by saying that that he's you know not Michael Jordan but at the same time expect to hear that stat a lot this you know in the next two days um so how did it feel like 
you know, when you were there, what, like, could you could you sense like LeBron just wasn't involved? Like on TV, it's it's apparent, but you know, it, it's totally different when you're in the arena. Oh, but it was apparent. Like he, like they were like, I I, I feel like there was Twitter whispers that maybe he hurt his back because he just didn't attack. He he like, he had a moment where they came down on a on a rebound. And he had like Avery Bradley on him, and it wasn't like he, had, you know, it was sort of mid transition. And he literally just dribbled in place four times and just passed it back to the top and let Kyrie go and ISO. And they did that a couple different times as if, you know what, um, LeBron's not feeling it, he's not, doesn't feel good or something. And Kyrie, you're going to kind of take over an ISO. And it was actually not that bad. I mean, they were able to, to get some stuff off of that, but you're right, he was just completely disconnected. And it's unclear. It's unclear. I mean, he looked like he was moving okay, so I couldn't notice anything. And I was really watching during that stretch in the fourth. Um, he just decided to check out. Unless it's a physical thing, he decided to just check out and was not looking at the basket at all. Um, and it was strange. Although even still, there was a moment when the Celtics gave up a uh, free throw rebound, an offensive rebound on the free throw, and then they get a putback by Love. That was a, just a big one. And I thought that was it. I thought that was going to clinch the game for the Cavs. No worries. No big deal. So what? LeBron wasn't aggressive. Um, and But then we got into the you know late game execution. Well, so LeBron was plus one for the game. He played 45 minutes. So they lost the game in those three minutes that he was out. You know, I mean, that's a very simplistic way of looking at it, but it does sort of go to show. I mean, the only guys in negative uh, plus minus for them were Shumpert, who was negative 10 in 16 minutes, and Corver, who was negative 8 in 15 minutes. Everyone else was plus, mo- uh, plus one uh, or even. Um, Kevin Love was plus four in 36 minutes. Uh, so Kyrie Irving's kind of struggled – the whole playoffs, it kind of felt like early they were trying to get him going. Did you? Did you? What yeah. did you think of that? I mean, he he had a great game. He was twenty nine points, ten of fifteen shooting, four of six from three, five of five from the line, seven assists. I mean, he he looked. It looks like he had a great game, and he looked good early on. Um, do yeah. you think that no, was he, a, that was he, kind of their goal? He was. Yeah, he definitely. They got him up, and he like they couldn't guard him. Um, and he looked great. I mean, although a couple of things that happened that sort of changed the tenor, like a couple of moments where you would fade up the Rocky music, for instance, where, uh, you know, um, my grandma hits harder than that kind of a line, like from Rocky three, which would have been, uh, Avery Bradley just cold ripped Kyrie on a crossover move that he was attacking, like in, in transition. And, you know, on Twitter, people told me, oh, he, uh, that's happened to him a couple times. But, like, I don't remember somebody, like, literally just taking it from him and then coming down the other side of the court and they ended up getting a bucket. Um, and then Jarebko. Jonas Jarebko gets in there after he not played at all, uh, really, and, and, you know, probably should have been playing and showed everybody why. And one of the things he did was, you know, he's kind of getting into everyone's face and sort of standing up to everybody. And that was kind of nice. It was one of those moments where maybe the other guys had said, you know what, we can do this as well. So one of them was a BSD will uh, try to set a screen on him in, like at midcourt while he's running down the court trying to guard his man. And he's not looking, you know, and they end up calling it on Drebko. And so, oh, and then Darren Williams like gets in his face, like opens up his arms and is like, you know, what do you, you know, you want to go? And, um, and Drebko is like, whatever. And then another time he was fighting with Kevin Love uh, down low and Kevin Love just t- took a dive and they gave him the call. But then Drebko went up to him and goes, Stop flopping, man. What are you doing? What are you flopping for? And every, you could see it on his face. Everyone knew what he was saying. They showed the replay. And it was a total flop. 
Um, and it was kind of interesting, you know, it wasn't menacing and he wasn't, you know, going to get a T on it, but he was like, dude, you don't play that way. It's just stupid. And then the last one was, he said that he got D wheel back on a screen, uh, that like you could see D wheels neck was hurting again after that. Cause he didn't even know it was coming. And he just totally like, and it was a perfect screen. He like had his hands in front of his nuts and he like, you know, flexed his arms didn't get him out at all. And just sort of like took, just hammered him. And, uh, and those are the plays like those spark the team. Uh, and it was really great to see. And I'm not, not that I'm it's an anti-Cavaliers thing. I just want a series. I want, like, some drama. I want something. I like the underdog. And uh, so that was great. Yeah. I, I, so uh, you talked about one of the guys off the bench that was huge. How about Kelly Olenek, the X Factor? <laughs> Kelly <know>, Olenek. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I had to like, dig the tweet out because, man, did I get creamed for days and days. It wouldn't stop. On Twitter, for, for my, in case you haven't seen it, you may not be on Twitter. I said after game seven, perhaps the greatest game that Olenek has ever had, uh, I said it's, maybe it's time to possibly sort of think about him as an X factor. And the Cleveland fans made fun of me to no end. But you know what? Like the numbers didn't jump out at you completely from his box score. But he was huge, and he really did play well, both uh, offensively and defensively on the stretch. And as, as much as Jarebko was a factor, I, I think, you know, Olenek was definitely an X factor. And I've got an X factor in my life, and that's the food I cook from the number one fresh ingredient and delivery service in the country. That's right. Just like Olenek's low-key contributions are vital to the team's success, so are the perfectly measured ingredients and easy-to-follow recipes from Blue Apron. I've really enjoyed cooking their unique meals with my daughter, and there's no better feeling than father-daughter time over a plate of beef teriyaki stir-fry with sugar snap peas and lime rice. And my wife, who doesn't cook, put together a splendid crispy salmon with roasted potato salad. So visit blueapron.com slash coachnick and you'll get three free meals with free shipping. It's a great deal because they know you'll be coming back for more of their flexible recipes designed to fit your taste. So visit blueapron.com slash coach Nick and discover a better way to cook. So, all right, let's talk a little bit about the start of the game and, and the guy who I thought this season was going to be, I thought, you know, Isaiah Thomas sort of, sort of took his starting job and, and, you know, it, being a better offensive player really just took the job from him. But Marcus Smart was fantastic tonight. I mean, is Marcus Smart ever going to hit seven threes again in a game? I like I don't know, but <laughs> I do. <laughs> he looked so if he had just played like half that good all season, I would have looked like a genius all year because I I thought that he had this in him. I thought that as a starting point guard that he could be this guy who gives you lockdown defense on one end and drops you know eighteen with seven assists and five or six rebounds a game and. and you know, it was it was to me it was it was rewarding to see. You know, when I came home, I was like, "Oh my gosh, uh, the Celtics are coming back," and it's because of Marcus Smart. Well, you know, he went crazy from three, and I mean, he had a couple of YOLO shots that were just like, "Come on!" But you know what? He was that hot. He had a really good rhythm. He wasn't sort of thinking about it. He wasn't rushing. It wasn't well, that's been my argument. That's What's been that? my argument. My argument about Marcus Smart is that he's a rhythm player. And and because of the way that that Stevens kind of runs his rotations during the regular season, I think a lot of these guys have trouble catching rhythm. I think Marcus Smart is, is better off starting than coming off the bench. 
You know, I think he's one of those players that needs to needs to get started early, right off the warmups. You know, and I think he needs to get a couple shots up. And if he hits one or two of his first five shots or four or five shots, right? If he hits a couple, then he's going to have a good game. And, and you know, this he's your textbook streaky shooter. I think uh, his mechanics aren't amazing. They tend to fall apart. You know, if he if he misses the first two shots of a game, he, he starts looking for something um, sort of like LeBron has been at the free throw line all year. And but I think that we will see for the rest of the series, which is probably only two more games. Um, Marcus Smart playing better because I think he's better off as a starter. I mean, it's hard to argue, certainly with the results tonight, you know, uh, with, with the way he was playing. Uh, he was also under control. Like, he wasn't flopping on defense and, like, you know, taking stupid fouls and just being way over aggressive. He was just really playing within himself. And I think that's a lesson. So the question now is, is that the lesson that he's learned? And it only took, you know, it took till now. And, like, maybe going forward he'll be able to retain that. Because, you know, a lot of players can do that. Uh, mm -hmm. Other players, it might take several games of, like, you know, fits and starts until they realize, you know what, I just need to not do too much. And I end up doing a lot more than I would have normally. So um, we have to, we'll have to see here. But I have to imagine that the, the Cavaliers might have something to say about that, uh, you know, when they come out in game four. Yeah, I was really impressed with his patience in the fourth quarter. I thought he did a great job of, you know, really like look looking to get into their offense and and not rushing shots, not shooting too much in transition and things like that, which I think are habits that he's kind of fallen into when he's coming off the bench. I think he's trying to get hot, you know, as soon as possible off the bench. And th and this is something I've talked about, you know, since last summer, uh, you know, my path to to, to him being their starting point guard. Of course, they're going to draft Markel Fultz, so all of this is probably moot. But for teams out there looking for a guy, you know, who, who can come in and, and, and give you some good defense and and possibly be like a 15, 16, 17-point-a-game uh, point guard, you know, Marcus Smart, I think, is, is looking like a more intriguing, you know, trade guy today than he was yesterday. So yeah, yeah maybe, but yeah, I still that, that is true. And again, he's gonna have to prove it at least one more time before we really oh, start course. to. Uh, Absolutely. To, yeah, because you know, you know, he's I think he's smaller than he was listed coming out of college. Although he did walk by me today, and um, you know, I, I'd give him probably like a six four, like tops. You know, and I think he's, he's too big. I think he needs to lose weight. That's interesting. Yeah, that could that could be something. He's definitely stout yeah. <laughs> to use your term. So, um, so yeah, that was a huge thing. And you know, the, the interesting thing was there, there was a brief like fourteen to three run uh, to, to start the, the process, but then that didn't really you know catch him up too much. And then it was a very slow, just you know, very slow comeback throughout the rest of the game until they didn't even get a lead or tie the game until uh, you know deep into the fourth quarter. So. That was why it was a little bit weird because no one seemed to think that it was going to be a big deal, I think, in the stadium. Uh, and then, you know, that turns us on to you know, the last couple of plays of the game. So and out of a timeout, you know, this is where Brad Stevens is really going to excel. And that's where he won it for them was uh, one of them I, I wasn't that ecstatic with. They called basically a ISO post up for um, Horford and he scored. And I was like, and while he was doing it, I'm like, wait, what are you doing? Because... The next time down, Horford, like, LeBron gets open from about two feet behind the three-point line, and, and, like, Horford just leaves his feet to, like, contest a shot. LeBron gets in, boom, 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 beautiful game, and then Kyrie gets a layup, all because Horford is jumping out on a long three. So that was frustrating to me because there were some issues that the uh, the Celtics made that looked like that doomed them. But uh, 
we have then the Drebko. Let's talk about the Drebko play. Do you remember that? Uh, that this is the uh, Avery Bradley to the basket, and then the last second, like it's Spurs style, kicks it out for a three or a long two. Kicks it out to the wing. Yeah, and I thought it was a three at first, but you know, like it just it was so quick. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it uh, Avery Bradley drew, drew in the defense and, and just found Drebko, who you know, like this is why he's there, right? Like the whole point was he's supposed to be able to to stretch the floor as a four. And and sort of be that guy that release valve for your for your driving kick guards, where whether it was Bradley or Smart or Thomas, and you know, like you said, he, he's just not playing. I mean, I, I wonder if if Stevens will now overcompensate and maybe play him. Maybe he starts. You know? Right. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, because it, it, it was weird. Uh, what, what his lineups are weird because you know he started the Mirror Johnson again, and you know it's just not happening with him out there. Um, now that play though, uh, it was interesting because your, your buddy, Marcus smart, I think he really screwed the pooch. I don't think he went where he's supposed to go because he inbounded it to Avery Bradley on top and like was cutting like an Iverson cut, like across the free throw line. But Bradley kind of started to go and it ended up being a cross block by Marcus smart and like easily could have been called a foul. It was a moving screen completely. Um, but you know, aside from Kyrie is getting taken out in that play and it gives him a, a free lane. And it was definitely not the play that, that they wanted. The problem was in four guys collapsing the ball and, uh, and Bradley had his choice. He actually had a little bit of a runner if he wanted, but he had a wide open Crowder on the right, then a wide open uh, Drebko on the left and his shot. So it was a complete meltdown by the Cavaliers and their rotations. And it's sort of what we've been harping on, I think all year long. Yeah. Their half court defense. I mean, you know, even in the first two games that, that were blowouts, you know, their their defense, it looks better, certainly. Their rotations are, are a little bit tighter, but they, they were still giving up the, you know, open looks in the corner. Avery Bradley just missed it. I mean, he, he must have missed five or six that were just wide open in those first two games. Um, the backdoor cuts, they were still getting beat on. You know, they still were kind of falling asleep a little bit there. But they were just so overwhelming offensively that it didn't matter as much. Mm-hmm. And they were also – they were creating a lot of turnovers. And, and so that covers up a lot of mistakes on defense. Um, and, and by the way, then, bad turnovers. Like Celtics right. are in the lane ready to like get the pass to score and then just fumble it away. Like that Kick it out of, of bounds. Al Horford kicked like three balls into the first row. Yeah. Going to the hoop. And so, you know, th- this wasn't like – Again, it, it these little things on defense, it was covering some huge flaws, which we've been talking about all year. And, and while they have they have improved quite a bit in some areas, it's still not. I mean, the Warriors will eviscerate this, right? Like a dis a more disciplined team. And and, and frankly, I, I've I've been a little bit disappointed with how the Celtics haven't been able to capitalize, you know, on these miscues. But at the same time. They're fighting themselves out of all these holes by just not being able to hit open shots. You know, it's hard. Like when the when the Cavs are up ten points in the first five minutes, it, you know, like you start pressing and things like that. And so, so anyway, so back to the end of this game, uh, Jarebko hits the jumper uh, on the on the you know sort of blown defensive assignment there, and then Kyrie Irving comes down, and you just can't give him any sort of space to get past you because. The guy's handle is insane. I mean, he he kind of went behind the back, nice little floater. Um, I I thought when he made that shot, I thought, okay, so we're gonna get overtime because I just assumed, all right, well the, the Celtics don't have anybody who can hit a big shot, right? 
Well, and so yeah, <laughs> and then Avery Bradley just uh, proves me wrong. Well, by the way, it almost doesn't qualify as a big shot because a big shot to me is like some sort of ISO and creating something out of nothing. He basically took a shot that he had been shooting probably all year, you know, last several years. And it was a really nicely well-designed play. And I think the key here was that they didn't go too early because if they had gone a little earlier uh, and they scored even, then you know now you're giving the ball back to the uh, Cavaliers with enough time to inbound from the half court. And these are the types of games that make you wish you can be in the arena watching them live so you can take in the sights and sounds of epic playoff basketball. Well, download the SeatGeek app and you'll be able to order tickets with a few taps of your phone. Each ticket has a grade to let you know if it's a great value, and you can see the vantage point from the seat. And if you use my code COACHNICK, that's one word, you'll get 20 bucks off your first purchase of any sporting event, concert, comedy show, and theater tickets as well. So download SeatGeek now, use my code COACHNICK, get 20 bucks off your first purchase, and enjoy the raw power and emotion of being there live. The, the last play was, was just a really wonderful play run by Brad Stevens because, well, part of it was that they had to time it correctly so that they didn't go too early uh, and give the Cavaliers a chance to score again. And then, but let's get into the, the nuts and bolts of it was a double pin down on the left side. So you get to picture Horford near the elbow and Avery Bradley, you know, mid post screening for Crowder. Well, Crowder curled around that first screen and was open, easily could have gotten the pass. Uh, J.R. Smith completely screwed the pooch on the whole thing because um, it looked like they wanted to switch everything and then JR like switched actually you know what it was JR switching and then I don't know what happened it was really straight crazy but then Avery Bradley after screening for Crowder simply turns around and gets a screen from Horford and ends up being wide open Thompson was sort of looking to see where the guy the trail was wasn't there and was way late getting out uh, and so that was a shot he's taken you know, a hundred thousands of times out of their, you know, in their practices. And it was, uh, you know, I guess the other beauty of this thing is it hung on the rim so long that the clock expired because it Yeah. You could not have planned that any better. I mean, it really, it was like a full second on the rim, maybe longer. Sure. Don't you think? Yeah, it, it was, it was beautiful. And then the top down camera view, uh, for the broadcast on TNT was just amazing. Cause you really got to see all the rotation and it really hit every single part of the rim. And then it drops through with 0.1 seconds, which of course, you know, you need 0.7 for a catch and shoot. It's like 0.3 to be able to tip it in. Right. And that was, so it. effectively the game is done. And I'm really mad because I, I, I wanted to watch it, but I should have had my camera out and sh- shooting it. Cause we had, I had a great view of it from the other side, looking, you know, from the baseline and the entire stadium just like literally just passed out like they just like sat down and like whatever the air just got sucked out of it and it was amazing it's an amazing image i wish i had it on video but um you know it was just so shocking also because you could see it unfolding and that in real time as it's happening like wait a minute he's open he's look at they're gonna give it to him he's gonna shoot it it's gonna be an easy shot uh, and then wait a minute it's not gonna go in but then it goes in uh, it, uh, every emotion within you know a two second span was crazy, um, and you know again, do we really have a series? Like I don't think so. But, I don't think so. You know, but it, there's certainly something you know we'll have to talk about, and the media will be able to scrutinize for a couple of days, which is you know what happened to LeBron and why did he just completely just just decide to? Uh, and no one asked him. He, basically, he was like, well, right. it's good to have some some adversity, and this will make us better, yada yada, and that's all true. But it doesn't really explain why he completely went, um, you know, completely unaggressive that last, you know, what, 15 minutes? 
Yeah, you know, it's almost like he just wanted to prove me wrong when I, when I said both both uh, finals uh, teams are going to sweep through. Um, I mean, of course, that's not the, the case, but uh, yeah, it, it was. I don't know. It was weird. I don't think we have a series. I think it's still Cavs in five. But for a team that has really been rest conscious, this is not good, right? Like, I mean, they're losing an extra couple of days of rest, and they are, they're going to have to go to San Francisco – well, to Oakland, excuse me. They're going to have to go to Oakland after going to Boston. You know, they're going to go to Boston again. Then they're going to have like six days instead of eight or nine. And then they're going to have to go to Oakland. And, uh, you know, that's not good. They, they play best when they're well-rested. You know, Tom Haberstrow had a great a great uh, little piece about how well-rested LeBron has been and how great he's been. You know, it, this is not ideal. You know, you, you, you've spent all season resting and preparing yourself to get to the finals in as few games as possible. And then you blow one at home when you had a 20-point lead. Like, it's not great. It's not um, great, Bob. That is yeah. true. But, again, you know, they couldn't possibly have expected to sweep every series and certainly the Eastern Conference Finals um, No, as well. but you know what? The, you know, I don't want to make excuses for them. The Celtics were minus the guy that's been their best offensive player all year. They don't have him. You know, he's right. out. And they had a 20-point lead. You know, at some point, it, it's on them that they blew the 20-point lead. I mean – Great for the Celtics for coming back, but but really, when you have a twenty point lead, you expect to hold it, especially at home. You know, you and I even talked about how you know not having home court advantage might have been sneaky, you know, a sneaky good proposition for the Cavs because that game three letdown would be at home instead of on the road, and they should get a boost by coming home for those two games. I think they've only played like two home games in the last month or something. Oh yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, they asked that to LeBron today, and it was like since May or, or whatever it is, early part of May, yeah. uh, they had they hadn't had a home game. So, um, yeah, it's it's uh, you're right. It's a bad loss. No matter, <laughs> me, no matter how you look at it, and uh, you know. But again, I think we both feel like it, it might just be a blip, only because you know, will the Celtics won't win the turnover battle, fifteen to nine, and shoot forty five percent from three, um, and then have LeBron do an all time. Yeah, you know, whatever. Who knows what happened? Happen. Game. Yeah, you know. That said, Tristan Thompson went crazy. You know, twelve or fifteen from the free throw line. That's that won't sure. happen either. Yeah, I, I mean, the Cavaliers were like, you know, thir- uh, twenty-eight out of thirty-six from the line, which is pretty is pretty good. Um, so, okay. I had some beef. Yeah. Let me let me throw some beef out there at Brad Stevens, who you know obviously won them the game with this coaching. But so Kevin Love, first of all, had several really good defensive possessions. Really, he was really engaged, and he was rotating, and he good. was being a problem. He's been good this whole playoffs. Yeah. So, okay, so he's been good. So he was really good. He had, like, a number of good possessions there. However, the Celtics freaking did not put him in a pick and roll. I swear to God, like, the entire first half, I didn't see. Like, I, you know, I started to watch more carefully toward the end of the first half, but I didn't really – nothing came to mind that was really bad or that they ran. And then all of a sudden, it, when they started to come back, what happened? They got him and picked in a roll like two or three times in a row, and they scored. Now, some of those shots weren't directly off of like his bad defense in the pick and roll, but at least there was some semblance of that's are the way we should be attacking, and eventually that will that will make the defense break. And I, you know, I get it. It's a motion offense. It's it's sometimes it's not easy to like get the parts where you need them to be. You know, if it's interchangeable, but 
man, they need to do some sort of simple little action on one side into a pick and roll on top with Kevin Love's man. And if they can't figure out how to do that, then they don't deserve to even be in the Easter Conference Finals. Well, and this is and this is what you and I we've talked about this ad nauseum. And people, you know, if you're doing the B ball breakdown podcast drinking game. We're going to talk about the fact that the Celtics only have one guy that can create off the dribble, and that's Isaiah Thomas, and now he's not there. And this has been a concern all year. This is why if they really wanted to compete this year, they would have made a trade. And I still think they were happy to overachieve with this team to set up for the future. They're on the four-year plan, right? Like They're trying to wait out LeBron. What year is this? (laughs) This is year one. Imagine that. This is year one of a four-year plan. They're going to draft Markel Fultz. They've got Jalen Brown. They've got these pieces they can move. Avery Bradley is going to be due for a new contract soon. Obviously, Isaiah Thomas is $6 million left on his deal for next year. It's a great deal. Jay Crowder's cheap. You know, So they've got these, these pieces that they can move to go get some big fish. I think they're going to go hard after Gordon Hayward, if you believe all the stories. Uh, maybe they try to make a move for Butler or Paul George. I worked out a deal. It was, you know, like Isaiah Thomas and the, the 2018 Nets pick for Paul George. That's probably enough to get him, you know, if Indiana's scared they're going to lose him anyway in free agency. So the, to me, I think they were just happy to be here, happy to overachieve. It never hurts to have a successful team when you're going into free agency. Hey, Gordon Hayward, we're one piece away. We feel like we are one piece away. You are the one piece, and we could beat LeBron. I mean, that's a pretty good thing, right? Winning tonight only bolsters that claim. Yeah. Hey, we won without our best player. Gordon Hayward, just imagine if you were on our team. Well, I think that the bigger argument or the bigger enticement would be, imagine, Gordon, you're not going to have to play the Warriors until the finals. Like, that's that's got to be the biggest selling point of all for anybody in the West. So, uh, And plus, it's like, yeah, come play with your, for your college coach. So, uh, you know, it sounds reasonable to me that they could get him, um, you know, if they if, if he, you know, if, if he's willing. So. Um, so, yeah, so that that would help them. I'm not sure exactly if that helps them exactly with what they need. But certainly, yeah, I, I could see that. Like, you know, they have a glut of guards who are just sort of in the same. They need somebody better and then you can get rid of a couple. And yeah, there, there are teams that would like to have a couple of their pieces for sure. So um, we'll have to see. I mean, Danny Ainge has not pulled the trigger on her anything. So hopefully. You know he'll he'll figure out how to make that happen because it is too bad we need we need some more parity in the Eastern Conference without question. Yeah, I mean, I I guess you could say that for the entire league. You know, that's been the topic of conversation du jour, or you know, du semaine for the week. Um, for my francophiles out there, du semaine. Um, so all right, but so before we wrap up, uh, Warriors sweeping. They're going to finish this out tomorrow. Uh, I mean, it certainly looked that what looks that way. Uh, now, is Kawhi going to play? No, it looks like he's out. And, and I talked about this earlier today with someone. I, I, I'm thinking this is this is they've he aggravated the original injury. I mean, he was never recovered from the original injury, but I think he maybe has it's gone a little farther. And trying to play on the hurt ankle, he may have a knee or a hip issue going on. And I think that they're just going to sit him because. The Spurs are the are the kings of the long game. They're you know they're thinking we've got Kawhi Leonard for the next ten years. Not you know this one game doesn't matter, and especially in a series that they're pretty sure they're going to lose. Right. So yeah, he he's out, and yeah. David Lee's out. So right. Well, hey, you know, <laughs> no. but yeah, I mean, I watched the second half of the of Game Three, and it was just like 
you know, I mean, Kevin Durant was awesome. And he, he's the guy that's got to be – I mean, maybe LeBron didn't play well tonight because he's been thinking about Kevin Durant and what he's going to do there. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Because uh, that's the kind of scary stuff that the Cavaliers will have no answer for if he's going to do that. Right? I mean, if, if that, and that's been the, the case this year uh, when they play the regular season too. It's like there's not going to be an answer for that uh, anyway. But um, – but yeah, so it's definitely going to be a sweep. Now the finals start June first, I think. That was what I heard on ESPN last night. So that's like that's a week from Wednesday, I think, right? Uh, Thursday. Thursday. A week from Thursday. So so you know even if the Cavaliers take an extra game, it's like they're still going to have a lot of days in between where they're going to rest. So uh, it's not like the biggest thing that they lost the game. Uh, you know, I no. mean, it's, you know, but as far as rest goes, it is big. It is big because it was just a bad loss, but. Either way, um, we're, we're heading toward that, and I'm excited. And I, I could use an extra few days myself in between to do some more previews. I, you know, I, I'm paying because I made plans for the four-day weekend. That's, that's really what happened tonight. You know, the Celtics won because I made plans to get away for four days from, from society. Well, yeah, and but now- if, they win, if they win game three on Tuesday, or game four on Tuesday, four. and then game five is, th- is it Thursday? Mm-hmm. So then you're then good. I could still, yes, but what if this? What if the Celtics drag this out to a sixth game? <sighs> then yeah. Oh well. well. It's all about me. It's all about me. All right. Well, you know, hey, times are tough. First world problems, whatever. But that's right. That's all right. right. Well, hey, great show. It is two, oh, three in the, three in the morning now for me, and uh, I am ready to pass out. So yeah. Um, hopefully we'll get this podcast up in about an hour from now so anyway dave thanks for coming on the show again uh as always on mondays and every other day we do it together um and uh we will see you real soon and don't forget sports fans at b-ball breakdown we're not a channel we're a conversation you in are you in dave yes i am